So are you ready for the word right now? Amen. Psalms 119, verse 105, says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. We live in a dark world. We live in a dark world where values are compromised. We live in a dark world where morals are compromised. We live in a dark world where society says that it is okay when God's word clearly says and gives us guidelines. We live in a world that it is harder today to survive and to thrive in our calling as a child of God because of the darkness that surrounds us. But can I tell you, it is not impossible. As children of the King, I'm grateful that in a dark world, in a world where sometimes it's hard to see, I'm grateful that your word is a lamp unto my feet. And it is a light unto my path. It doesn't give me a perspective of into the future. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. But I do have a promise from God that his word, you have a promise from God that his word would be a lamp unto your feet and a light into your path. It doesn't matter how dark this world gets. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what our, our society, what, what your environment in work, uh, whatever that is, uh, can I tell you that you have a key to survive. Uh, and it is not my word, it is his word that is a lamp unto my feet, that I can walk without stumbling, that I can walk without tripping, that I can walk without falling because I have a guide to lead me. I have his word. You have his word. So I want to encourage you today that it doesn't matter how dark this world gets, the light of God's word can still shine through. It is the same and it does not change. His word illuminates my next step. His word lights up the next big move. His word is what guides us and what directs us. I want to challenge every family, everyone in this place today, that what would happen in our lives if we truly embraced the light of his word? And I'm going to coin that in a different way. How many times... Have we fallen? 
How many times have we been tripped up by a situation in life because I didn't have his light? How many times have I felt susceptible to a temptation, to a proclivity, to a website? How many times have I felt that I could do it on my own? His word wants to guide us. His word wants to lead us. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, 25 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, no, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass and their glory is like the flowers of the field, but the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. We live in a world where everything is decaying. Everything is rotting and everything is falling apart. Everything can fall apart the drop of a hat. Everything can wither away. Everything can come and go. But there is something that is true for every person in this place today and every person in this world. There is something that is true in every culture, in every situation, and that is the living Word of God. That His Word endures forever. It endures when everything else is not enduring. It lasts when everything else doesn't seem to be lasting. It is still relevant today. It is still powerful today. It is still alive today. It still changes lives today. It is timeless. It cannot be extinguished. And this is true for every person, for everyone in this place today, that the word of God will last when situations in your life don't. The word of God endures when everything else is not enduring. And when the world wants to define us and when the world wants to label us and when the world wants to point their fingers. I, I love what Paul writes in Colossians 2 verses 13 through 14. He says this, and you talking about us who were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sensuality, your sinful carnal nature, God brought to life together with Christ, having freely forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note with its legal decrees, everything that was against us and its demands which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us, that this note with its regulations, decrees and demands, he set aside and he cleared completely out of our way, nailing it to his cross. I'm grateful today for a new beginning. I'm grateful that in him we are new creations. I'm grateful that his word illuminates 
and stands out and highlights to us our position in him that the, that the note, that the legal decrees, that the demands which was enforced that stood against us, all of that he set aside and he cleared when they hung him high and stretched him wide. He took it all to the cross to give us a new identity, to make us a new creation, to make us new in him that the old things are, are no longer but everything is made new in him. I'm grateful for that, but can I tell you when I look at the reality of that, how many times have I believed a lie that is contrary to God's word? How many times have I believed a lie that doesn't line up with God's word? How many times have we not embraced our true reflection? of who we are in God. Yes, we were dead in our sinful, carnal nature, but God brought us to life together with Christ. Having freely forgiven all our transgressions, having canceled the debt, blotted away, wiped away, that's the truth and the reality. When we accept Jesus as our savior, when we open up our heart, that is the reality of the transformation that takes place in us. But yet, how many times do we find our lives not living out the truth of God's word? How many times have I found myself and looked at my situation and counted myself out and disqualified myself and belittled myself? By not looking at the truth of who I am in God's word. So today I want to share with you just four practical steps as we wrap up our series. To living this word out. To taking this word and applying it to my daily life to ensure that his word is a light unto my path. A lamp unto my feet. That we would live out the true reflection of who we are meant to be in him. The first thing is this, I have to read it. It all starts there. I have to begin by building time in my day to read his word. Scheduling it, being intentional about it, it's not if I have time, but making it a priority. I always used to say, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for that, but the truth is we make time for what's important to us. I'll eat an Allsup's burrito driving if there's no time, but if it's that important to you. <clears throat> Are we being intentional with our time and in diving into God's word? It's so important that I want to highlight one example today that's found in the book of Joshua that we understand that there was this man named Moses. God chose him to be the leader of the people of Israel when, when the people of Israel were slaves in Egypt. God calls Moses, tells him to go. Moses sets a lot of excuses. Ultimately, God wins because he always does. And Moses has seen God's power throughout the years. And now Moses is dead. 
And Joshua is coming into this new position, and he's about to start this new task. But before he does anything, it's like it's God reminding him. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, keep this book. He talks to him, yeah, you're going to be a a strategic leader. You're going to be able to, to lead my people. But if you want to know where you start, keep this book of the law. The Bible says, always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You have to grab a hold of this book and let it be a part of everything you do. That in a world that wants to constantly throw different things your way, that I have a key to prospering and I have a key to being successful and it is the word of God. It applies to every situation. It applies to you in your family. It applies to you in the workplace. It applies to you as a parent. It applies in every situation, in every scenario. I have to read his word. I have to be intent, in, uh, intentional about it, that I have to focus and zero in on it. God, what are you saying to me today? That as you read his word, you would be praying, God, what are you saying to me today through your word. I have to read it. The second thing is this. I have to review it. So it's not just about reading it, but it is about taking God's word in over and over and over. It's the, the term chewing the cut. That I've read it. I'm going to reflect on it. I'm going to digest it. I'm going to go through it again. I have to go back to his word time and time again. Psalms 119 verse 96 and 97 says, To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it All day long, not just for a minute, not just for two minutes. No, I'd meditate on it all day long. I stand on your word. I read it, I reflect it. So what are some practical ways, you may ask? How can I get to this point? Well, let me tell you, a practical way is journaling. Read the Bible and write out. Memorize scripture. The YouVersion app has just great plans, a Bible reading plan that, that you're able to, to go through. It has devotionals. It has the scripture of the day. All of this weighs in and is a part of you reviewing his word. I have to internalize it and let it get deep down on the inside. David said, I have hid your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. I have to have the word. I have to deposit his word in my heart. Are you with me this morning? I have to read it. I have to review it. And the third thing is this. I have to reflect on it. I have to reflect on it. Watch what James 1, 21 through 25 says. Therefore, get rid of all moral fail. And the evil that is so prevalent 
and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever intently, whoever looks intently into the perfect law, and watch what it says, that gives freedom. His perfect law gives freedom today. Can I stop right there and tell you what? Do you feel you need freedom in? His word can give you freedom. And continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. I think we can all agree that mirrors are important. You don't think mirrors are important? That's this guy. This guy got up and decided it would be a great idea to not comb his hair before his fourth grade school picture. In case you haven't made the connection, it's me. I wouldn't put anybody else on blast. <laughs> to this day, I still ask my mom, Mom, why'd you let me leave the house that way? If he would have gotten up just a little bit early, <laughs> talking about myself in the third person, and looked in the mirror, he could have avoided this fiasco. <clears throat> so let me ask the question, how many times could we have avoided something if we would have gone to the mirror of God's word? How many times could I have avoided it if I would have gone to the mirror of God's word? Because the mirror allows us to see the areas of our lives where the cracks exist. And the mirror of God's word allows me to see my true reflection of not who you say I am, but the reality of who he says I am. The mirror allows us to be able to make adjustments when needed. So how many times? Have we not consulted with the mirror of God's word? Most of us will look at ourselves in a mirror at least once before going out in public. Because they allow us, say it again and again, to see ourselves. They give us a reflection of what's on the other side. God's living word is the only true mirror. The only true mirror that will let us see and know our real identity. 
So now I want to ask the question, do we see ourselves the way he sees us? Do we see ourselves the way he sees us? Or do I see myself through the situation that I'm going through? Do I see myself through what he said about me or she said about me? Do I see myself based off of the experiences that I went through as a child and it has developed me into the person that I am today because of the experiences? Do I see myself through that reflection or am I seeing myself as God sees me? The reflection of God's word will change you and it will change me. And not only will it change you and me, but it will change our world. What does that mean? It changes how you see things. It changes the, your perspective and your outlook. It, it changes your response to problems. It changes your reaction to disappointment. How you walk through the different seasons of life it changes everything about you because it's what you're internalizing. It's what you're reading. It's what you're reflecting on. It's what you're letting in your life. But just as God's living word is a mirror that allows us to see ourselves, what is also true is that we live in a world with many reflections. Everywhere we look, everyone has an opinion. Everywhere we turn, everyone wants to weigh in on this. And what we spend our time in, what I get in, will ultimately shape us. When we see ourselves in the reflection of all the other screens in the world, What, what society says and what social media says, it begins to influence us because that's all I'm paying attention to. Because that's what I'm looking at myself in and I'll measure myself by that standard. And you always feel like it's never enough and you always feel like you need something more. But we're seeing ourselves, could it be that we're seeing ourselves in the wrong image? Could it be that I was never intended to look at myself and see what Facebook says about me, or Snapchat, or TikTok, or whatever it is, just seeing ourselves in the wrong image, or can I go a little bit further and say what someone else said, what someone else spoke over us, what someone else lied over our lives. We see the failure, and we see the hurt, and we see the stumble that we have gone through, and we let that be our identity. We let that, and we look at ourselves, and we say, I'm just a failure. And we look at that, and we say, I'm just a victim. And we look at that, and, and we say, I'll never be enough. And we look at that and we say, I don't know if I could ever get, get over this truly. And we begin to live that out. And it shapes 
who we are and it forms a new identity. And we begin to live out a lie because we're looking in the wrong mirror. I don't know what your mirror is. I don't know what you're looking at. Could it be that you're looking at the wrong image today? Could it be that you're looking at the wrong situation? You're looking at the wrong book. It's the wrong mirror. It's the wrong mirror. And it affects my daily life. Because I see myself. And I see myself like nobody else sees me. Can I tell you that we are our own biggest enemy? But I've come to cancel that in Jesus' name. Maybe, maybe your parents spoke ill over you, but I canceled that word in Jesus' name. Maybe you have been dealt a bad situation in your life, but I cancel the lie in Jesus' name. And, and we see ourselves, and I just can't help. I'm trying to, to look just a little bit further, and I'm trying to look a little bit deeper, but I can't help but look at my current situation and feel like a failure and feel like I just, I'll, I'll never, I can't keep up. And it just hurts. I want to tell you today that you that look at yourself in the mirror and you say my past will be my identity and you in this place here today that looks at yourself and says my pain will be my identity I want to tell you don't believe the lie I come against every lie today in Jesus' name. Stop believing the lie and go to God's word. Go to God's word. Go to God's word. Go to God's word that, that when your situation wants to tell you, you will be condemned and you'll never get over that. No, I go to his word and I find that he who the son sets free is free indeed. That, that when situations want to come and disappoint me, that I can tell myself, no, I am blessed. I am the head and not the tail. I have God's grace over my life. I have God's favor over my life. I have God's forgiveness over my life. I have God's goodness over my life. I have God's mercy over my life. I have to go to the living word that tells me I am not a victim. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who died for me. So I want to tell you today, maybe they've lied, they've poured in lies into your heart. It is not true. You are the apple of his eye.
Could it be that we've, we've been believing a lie? But I look at myself. No, that's not what God says about me. That's not what God says about me. I have to check myself. And, and, and when people want to say whatever they want to say, no, no. I, this, is, this is the true living word of God that tells me my position and my posture. And what I read to you in the book of Colossians, that, that the Bible says that he has blotted out, that he has canceled the debt, that he has wiped it away. And, and we understand that God has forgiven us, but maybe you haven't forgiven yourself. It's a lie. It's a lie. You want to find truth? Go to God's word. Not my word. Go to God's word. My word cannot do anything, but God's word is alive. And it's relevant. And it's living. And it's life-changing. Hallelujah. I'm going through some stuff right now. I know I have, I have, maybe you have difficulty sleeping at night, dealing with anxiety and negative emotions and frustration and heartache. But you know what? When I go to God's word, the Bible says that the chastisement of his peace was upon him. That's right. I'm going to put it on here. I have peace. That means that the chastisement means, I'm sorry, I, I grew up reading the King James Version. It just means the punishment of his peace was upon him that when he went up that cross and he bore my grief, he bore my pain, the Bible says that, that my peace, he paid the price so I could sleep at night, so I could lay down my head on my pillow at night and say, I am accepted in him. It doesn't matter if the world doesn't accept me. It doesn't matter if the world does not accept me. No, no, I am accepted in the beloved and I can, I can sleep at night, not because of who I I am. I can sleep at night because he took it to the cross. The punishment of his peace, of our peace, was on him. I am not what my situation says. I am who he says I am. You are who he says you are. You are who he says you are. I say it intentionally because uh, whatever lie has been spoken over you, I break it today in Jesus' name. You are who he says you are. So as I read it, as I review it, as I reflect on it, as I'm able to take it in and I'm, as, as I'm able to be able to understand my posture and my position in him, I am now in turn able to reveal it. Because of what I have let 
Come in on the inside because I have been in his word. I have been digesting it. I have been internalizing it. Now, when you come to me, when they come to you and and someone is going through a difficult situation, that you're able to, to on the spot be able to quote scripture and encourage and build somebody up because you have let the word do the work on the inside. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 34, for the heart speaks what the heart is full of. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What have I allowed inside me? As I read his word and as I review it, as I reflect, I'm doing what the book of Colossians chapter 3 says, that I'm letting the word of Christ dwell in me richly. You remember week one when I brought the tea, the cup of hot water and how you let the tea sit in it for some time. It's no longer water. It takes on a new identity. It is now tea because of what has been in it. So when I go through a hard time, now I'm able to say, No weapon that is formed against me will prosper. When I feel like it's one thing after the other, have you ever felt like before you can get over one thing, here comes another thing and here comes another? I can go to God's word and and know that when the enemy comes in like a flood, because he will, that the spirit of the Lord is going to raise a standard against him. That when I feel unqualified, when I feel under-equipped, that I can know that he has equipped us for every good work. That, that when, when I want to feel like the situation is just too much, I, I can tell myself, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the whole world. That when condemnation wants to come my way, that I can say there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. That walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. That that when the situations in my life seem to to toss me from one place to the other, that I can say like that I can say like Paul that he works together all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That I have to know that there is purpose in my pain and that there is purpose in my hurt and that there is purpose in my sickness that I have to tell myself the living, breathing word of God that is true today as it ever has been. Take it and put it in your heart. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer a slave, no in and he has given us a new identity. So hurt comes. It does. The Bible says in this life you will have trouble but be of good cheer. Jesus said I have overcome the world and just as I have overcome you shall also. The book of Job tells us that man's life is short and full of trouble. I'd love to be encouraging today, but I, I want to be truthful. And I want to tell you that trouble comes, the rain falls on the just and the unjust in like manner. But when the 
the waves of life and the storms of life come your way, you know what? You're going to still stand because of God's word. You've built a foundation that you're able to encourage yourself. You're able to speak, your, speak to yourself words of life, words of truth that will be able to be there and, and be, be the encouragement that you need for the next season. And, and that to know that his word, his word is enough. Will you let it today be your light? Will you let it today be your lamp? I feel incredibly responsible today to tell you, I, I want you to prosper and be successful in every season, and you can with God's word. You can with God's word. You can survive the storms of life. You can look at discouragement, at heartache straight in the face and say, you're not who I am. This is just a season. This is just a season. In the hurt and in the exile, in the confusion and the frustration, this scripture is not in my notes. There was a difficult time, there was a difficult season in the Old Testament and in the book of Jeremiah, we, we love the scripture, Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, they're thoughts of good, not thoughts of evil, to give you an expected end. They were going through some rough stuff. But in the middle of that, God's word came and brought encouragement. When Paul writes in Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, he's outlining his situation. He's writing from a jail cell, y'all. But he's saying, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. The word will change your perspective. The word will change your life. The word will empower you. The word will equip you. The word will give you what you need. So Impact City, let's build our life on the word that lasts forever. Amen. Let's build our life on the word that lasts forever. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your word that can find us. I thank you for your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, that pierces deep down on the inside. I thank you for your word that allows me to see my true identity, to be able to reflect, to be able to know who I am and to who I belong. I thank you because heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. I thank you that the flower fades, grass withers, but your word will last forever. I thank you that as people change, you don't change and your word doesn't change. 
I thank you that your word teaches me and guides me and leads me and directs me and that I can work through the different situations that I face, that I can walk through the different seasons in life and that I can survive and make it and thrive because of your word that is alive. So Father, for everyone in this place today that commits and says, I'm, I've done it to a certain degree, I've done it to a certain variation, but I haven't done it fully, God, I thank you for those in this place that are making that commitment to say, I'm going to build my life on the infallible, immutable, never changing word of God. I thank you today for it. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe your first step today is you say, today's the day that I've tried to do things on my own, but today's the day that you say, I open up my heart and I, I let Jesus come in and I want him to be the Lord of my life. He is the one that leaves the 99 and he comes after the one and he's chasing you today. He sees the hurt. He sees the burden. He sees every detail of your life. And he says, you don't have to do things on your own. The Bible says that we can come to him. All who are heavy burdened, all who are laden, he will give us rest. You're tired. You're weary. You're going in circles. He says, I'll give you rest. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you in this place today, you say, today's the day that I want to make the decision to give my life to Jesus. I want to invite you, just throw your hand up right where you're at. Just throw your hand up right where I see you. I see you. I see you. God sees you. So here at Impact City, we believe that no one should have to walk through life alone, which is why we all pray together and we pray with you and we celebrate your decision. So I'm going to invite everybody at the sound of my voice to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for taking my place, for dying for me. God, I open my heart. I invite you to come in. Be the Lord of my life. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we rejoice for everybody that accepted him today? I'm going to invite you to stand. We celebrate with you and are excited for what God is going to do in your life. As we close today, as we enter a moment of worship, if there is, we open up this altar intentionally, not because we need to fill a schedule, but because we love you enough to say we want to pray with you. We want to love on you. We want to come and partner side by side and tell you you're not in it alone. We're here to pray with you, to pray for you, to believe for God's best and brightest over your life. So maybe you're facing a dilemma on the inside, on the outside, at home, at work, in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. You know, and God knows. 
But I want to invite you. You don't have to leave this place the way you came in. You can come and you can leave your burdens at the foot of the cross. And you can trust Jesus to take care of it. Because I want to remind you that he can do the work a lot better than any of us can. His ways are higher and his ways are better. So I want to invite you today. Maybe you face an uncertain diagnosis. Maybe you face difficulty at home. Maybe you face difficulty at work. Maybe you face difficulty with your children. Whatever it is, he knows no boundaries. He knows no limitations. He knows no barriers. He can do anything but fail. So Father, in this moment, you know the needs of every heart. You know, oh God, the things that are weighing on us. You know the situations that we face, the details better than what we could explain them. So today, God, we just bring them to you and we surrender. We surrender. We've tried on our own. Our words can't do anything, but your words can change. So I thank you today that in your presence there is freedom. I thank you today that in your presence there is liberty. I thank you, God, that there is no force as mighty as your power and as your presence. So, God, be glorified. Be glorified in every heart, in every mind, in every life, God. Right now, that you would show yourself strong as a way maker, as a miracle worker, as a healer, as a savior, as a deliverer, as a restorer, that you can do it, God. We trust you for it today. We trust you for it today in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.